Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome back to New Books in Jewish Studies. I'm your host, Max Kaiser. We have a great show for you today. With us, we have Sharon Rothbard, Senior Lecturer at Bezalel Academy in Jerusalem. He's here to talk to us about his new book, White City, Black City, Architecture and War in Tel Aviv and Jaffa, published in 2015 by Pluto Press and MIT. Sharon, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. Thank you. Hello. Um, first off, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to write this book? I was um, uh, the, the the white city narrative started to uh, be very present in public uh, life, uh, more or less in my in the beginning of my uh, adulthood. Uh, at the time in the eighties, when uh, uh, when it first came up as a uh, quite a modest uh, exhibition at the Tel Aviv Museum uh, for Art, I was quite taken this, by this uh, um, story, and uh, it con- coincided, co- coincided with my uh, own uh, architecture studies in in Paris uh, a few years uh, uh, later. Uh, when I came back from Paris about uh, eight, year, eight years after um, I left Israel, uh, I landed into a huge festival uh, of Bauhaus and White City uh, celebrations uh, in Tel Aviv. It was more or less at the time of the uh, peace process with the uh, Palestinians, and there were many architects and scholars uh, coming from all over the world, and at more or less at that time, I uh, it started to annoy me. Um, I started to um, to take note of all kinds of uh, small uh, inaccuracies uh, in the story, and I was not very happy with the way uh, the whole narrative was uh, appropriated by uh, uh, by the establishment. I could not. Uh, not see how um, how it is used for uh, different um, um, political uh, purposes. Uh, more or less at the same time, I decided to uh, I would say to settle in the south in in, in the south Tel Aviv, in Shapira neighborhood, a very old uh, neighborhood which uh, once uh, was uh, part of uh, of Jaffa. And I, uh, when I was uh, interested in the history of my my own neighborhood, uh, I I suddenly discovered that there's nothing written about it. So uh, it started with a big gap between um, the historization of a few parts of the city. Um, so in fact, from that moment on, I started to uh, research and to um, and to try to to, to look for. Um, to look for uh, information about uh, about my own uh, neighbors uh, neighbors neighborhood uh, uh, history, uh, but also uh, about Jaffa. 
And uh, at a certain moment, I got into a very clear uh, insight that uh, there is a, um, uh, a kind of correlation between uh, the city's history and the city uh, geography. I could not uh, ignore the fact that, um, uh, for example, my, my own neighborhood, which at the time was considered as uh, one of the poorest neighborhoods, neighborhoods in Tel Aviv, um, uh, there is a certain uh, relationship between the fact that uh, in, uh, in the most canonical history book of Tel Aviv, uh, the whole neighborhood gets uh, something like uh, four or five lines, uh, and uh, the fact that uh, the municipality d- does not clear the garbage every day like it does in other uh, neighborhoods in, uh, in Tel Aviv. Uh, so, in fact, uh, that encouraged me to start uh, searching for uh, other kind of uh, resources, but also to uh, be much more critical uh, vis-à-vis the white city narrative um, and um, to try to uh, understand how this story was told, uh, what was uh, its role, uh, within uh, um, the Tel Aviv and Israeli cultural life, and of course to sketch some kind of a new history uh, for uh, the other parts of the city, uh, alias the Black City or uh, Jaffa. Great. All right, so let's start with um, Tel Aviv and how it came to be called the White City. Um, where did this idea of the White City come from? Um, and um, you mentioned that there were sort of inaccuracies in how the sort of myth of the White City um, ca- came about. What what were, what were the sort of inaccuracies in the sort of the standard history that's given? And and also, if you could dig into, um, you mentioned already, sort of the ideological purpose that the that the White City myth um, serves. Um, there were a few, uh, there were a few steps in the, in the construction of this narrative. Uh, first of all, uh, this image of the white city was something that, uh, was already mentioned in, uh, very early writings, uh, about, uh, about uh, Tel Aviv. Uh, but in fact, it, uh, it became a, uh, an important issue, uh, with an exhibition created by, uh, Michael Levin. Uh, an art historian uh, who specializes in uh, architecture. Um, so, so uh, in fact, in 1984, uh, Michael curated this uh, exhibition at the Tel Aviv Museum of Art uh, titled uh, uh, White City. Uh, and um, this exhibition displayed uh, uh, various uh, buildings uh, in Israel, in, in Tel Aviv, but also in some uh, in a few other cities in Israel, such as Haifa or uh, Jerusalem. Uh, at the time, it was quite a quite a modest uh, um, and small show, uh, but it had a huge effect uh, on the revival of the city center of Tel Aviv. So already uh, in the in the, in the 80s. Um, uh, the municipality of Tel Aviv uh, decided to uh, revive the city center of Tel Aviv, uh, the district which nowadays is called uh, the White City. Uh, but in fact, uh, it, it took about 10 years until it became a, an almost official uh, policy or an official narrative uh, 
uh, of the city uh, of Tel Aviv. Uh, it is also important to note that uh, already from the beginning of the 60s or the, the late uh, 50s, uh, there was a very uh, famous uh, song uh, called White City, uh, which was sung by uh, Arik Einstein, one of the um, most um, loved um, pop stars uh, uh, in Israel. So in a sense, this, uh, the title of the exhibition and the title of uh, this uh, part of the city uh, somehow merged with, uh, uh, with those uh, images of white city as we um, as they echoed in uh, Israel in, in various sections of uh, uh, Israeli uh, culture. Now, uh, in fact, there were a few brand names that were associated with the uh, with this narrative uh, of Tel Aviv. Uh, first is, of course, the, uh, this idea of a white city, uh, and uh, and secondly, uh, its association with. Um, uh, with different uh, parts of uh, modernist um, movement in uh, in architecture. Uh, strangely, um, uh, from all the influences that uh, one could identify uh, in uh, Tel Aviv's architecture, um, the most um, um, common name that uh, somehow was suggested was this idea of uh, of Bauhaus. So uh, if we try to uh, tell this narrative like in, in, in two lines, uh, one could uh, tell this story as, uh, as such, um, as follows. Um, um, during, the, in the beginning of the, nine, of the 20th century, there was this very uh, advanced and progressive school uh, in Germany called uh, the Bauhaus. Um, in the beginning of the 30s, uh, Hitler came to power. He shut down the school. Uh, all the all the teachers and the students uh, uh, spread all over the world. Um, the Jews among them immigrated to uh, Israel, to Tel Aviv, and built the uh, White City. So, in a sense, uh, the narrative behind. Uh, behind this story, and it was—I uh, mean, I'm not inventing it. It was—it uh, was written in one of the uh, most central books about uh, this architecture by uh, the artist Dani Caravan. Uh, Tel Aviv and its modernist uh, architecture is some kind of a victory or revenge over uh, over the over the Nazis. Um, it mean it says that. Um, um, like you didn't want the, the modernist uh, and Jews, modernist architecture and Jews in, in, in Germany. So here now, please accept us here uh, uh, in Israel. There were also some other uh, parts of this story uh, which uh, suggested that, uh, in fact, Tel Aviv was built upon dunes or upon, upon the sands. And, uh, in fact, there was really nothing there before uh, the city... Um, uh, was built. So, in fact, uh, it enabled us to uh, tell the story of uh, of Tel Aviv uh, without getting into all kinds of uh, problematic uh, issues uh, concerning the very same uh, period uh, in the history. So, at, the sa- at this 
moment uh, when we started uh, telling the uh, architectural history of Tel Aviv, uh, we also disconnected it from the general history of uh, Israel. And while, for example, in the 30s, it was a very uh, dramatic period uh, in which we had uh, um, more than three years of um, of some kind of intifada, what uh, was titled by the British uh, as the Great uh, Arab uh, Revolt. Uh, it was also a great time of uh, settlements. There were many, uh, some dozens of uh, uh, of new settlements um, uh, erected all over uh, the country. Uh, suddenly we have a piece of uh, Israeli uh, history which has nothing to do whatsoever uh, with the political situation uh, in the Middle East. It has nothing to do uh, with uh, Tel Aviv's most uh, close neighbor, uh, the uh, historical city um, of Jaffa. So uh, let's say that in the overall, uh, this, this was the, the main flow that encouraged me to start researching. Uh, later on, when I started to get into a more um, close look uh, at, at this narrative, so um, uh, even um, if, if we start checking uh, what was the exact influence of the Bauhaus school uh, on Tel Aviv, uh, we might discover that, in fact, uh, from all the um, from all the um, uh, Bauhaus uh, graduate or students who immigrated to Palestine at the time, uh, there were only four or five architects who were um, more or less uh, active. Uh, most of them were active in other districts of the country, in Haifa or in the, uh, or in the Kibbutzim. Uh, there was one graduate uh, who um, uh, worked in the Tel Aviv municipality and was in fact just a, a clerk. Uh, the most famous uh, architect that uh, uh, was trained in the Bauhaus, Arya Sharon, uh, he was uh, much more involved in, 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 in big projects in other areas uh, uh, of, uh, of Israel or Palestine in, in the Kibbutzim. Uh, and in fact, uh, much later, in the beginning of the 80s, when uh, people start to get interested with this narrative, uh, he was the one to say that, uh, in fact, there's no influence of Baos uh, on the Tel Aviv architecture. You might mention some other influences, uh, such as Le Corbusier or, um, or uh, French, uh, Fr- French modern uh, architects, uh, but uh, that, in fact, the, the whole use of uh, Bauhaus is, completely, um, uh, is a complete uh, mistake. Uh, I would say that this... Um, this uh, this tendency to to shift uh, this narrative towards uh, this uh, Central European um, um, source uh, of modern architecture, um, I would guess that it stemmed uh, either um, uh, from uh, this uh, idea that Tel Aviv, in some respects, might be considered as a victory of the Jewish people. Over the uh, over the Nazis, um, but of course it had some other uh, uh, agendas which um, uh, which which matched a certain hierarchy uh, within uh, the um, Jewish Ashkenazi um, um, communities that were um, 
um, um, residing in, in, in Israel, uh, in which there is a certain hierarchy between the Middle Europa and the East and the Ostjuden um, uh, people who came from Berlin or from Vienna uh, were uh, considered to be much more cultivated or advanced uh, than uh, normally Jews who came from Poland or Ukraine. Um, nevertheless, nevertheless, I would say that uh, you can't really say that most of the architects in Tel Aviv uh, studied in, the, in Bauhaus. Uh, uh, neither to say none of Bauhaus teachers, uh, people like Gropius or Miss Van der Rohe, uh, never um, uh, set their foot uh, on the soil of the Holy Land. Um, and of course, there were many uh, architects who were trained in uh, Eastern Europe, in Belgium, in France, in Italy, or even in, in Palestine, in the Technion, which was already uh, active uh, at the time. So it, it, to, to, to sum it up, I, I would say that um, it, is, it, it became quite a curious uh, phenomenon that if you go to a library and you look at the bookshelves of uh, books about Tel Aviv, uh, about 80% of those books would somehow uh, be associated with this narrative of the white city or modern architecture or Bauhaus architecture. Um, and of course, those... Um, uh, those, narrative, uh, those narratives are applied only to uh, one, one very specific area uh, in the city uh, of Tel Aviv. From the other hand, you could uh, notice that uh, some other neighborhoods, such as Neve Shanan or Florentine or uh, Shapira, uh, who were uh, founded uh, about a decade before um, um, the White City, um, they were lacking any any record or any um, uh, publications or research about it. So there, is, there, there was this. Uh, um, I mean, this is the main flaw, I think, of uh, of this narrative. And of course, if you get into more more into details, uh, you can see that uh, this idea of a new white city which is erected on the empty dunes is completely ironical uh, and that uh, in fact this was more kind of a wishful thinking that you could also um, find it in, um, in visual um, uh, in the iconography of, uh, of, the, of Tel Aviv uh, as, it, it was, uh, as it has been established from the, uh, from the, from the 30s so uh, if you uh, see, in my, in my book, there is a very striking example how, uh, in fact, a whole neighborhood such as Manshia, uh, quite a big neighborhood, uh, that, uh, in fact, separated between uh, Tel Aviv and uh, its beach, um, was, uh, in fact, transformed already in drawings uh, made in the 30s, which was transformed into some kind of a dune. So, in a, se in a sense, it was kind of a kind of a self fulfilling uh, prophecy or wishful thinking that later on uh, was uh, realized uh, after um, the conquest of Jaffa and its annexation uh, to Tel Aviv. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on and talk about um, part two of your book where you, where you talk about um, what you call the Black City. Tell, tell us about the history of Jaffa and the other side of this um, mythological story of, of Tel Aviv. Um, 
of course, there are many ways to start uh, uh, to start uh, um, this narrative uh, of Jaffa. Uh, in my book, I do not really pretend to write uh, a new history of Jaffa because that will require um, um, getting into Ottoman uh, uh, Ottoman doc- documents and uh, Arabic documents. Uh, and uh, in fact, most of the uh, records of uh, Jaffa were destroyed during uh, the 48 uh, during the 48 war. Uh, so, in fact, uh, there the was there had been once upon a time there, there was the city uh, called Jaffa, um, uh, which in fact uh, existed until uh, 1948. Uh, Jaffa and its hinterland, in Jaffa and in, in, in its hinterland, um, uh, was a population of some uh, 100,000 uh, inhabitants, or even a little bit more. Uh, and in fact, from all those, this population, uh, by the end of, um, um, but, but, but in the moment when uh, Jaffa uh, surrendered uh, on the 13th of May, uh, 1948. Uh, from all this population, uh, there were only about three or four thousand uh, people remaining. All of them were uh, um, moved out, um, evicted, um, um, ran away uh, to uh, other uh, regions of the uh, of the country, or even uh, to other uh, countries uh, in the region. Um, so, uh, in a sense, Jaffa uh, was um, uh, was conquered in, in, as I said, in May uh, 1948 after uh, a few months of uh, hostilities uh, that uh, some of them were uh, perpetrated by um, by um, far right uh, organizations that were active at the time. Uh, um, uh, within the Jewish community in Palestine, such as the Etzel or the Lehi, the um, uh, Stern, the Stern Gang, uh, as it was um, coined by the British, uh, or the organization head headed by uh, Menachem Begin uh, at the time. Uh, by the end uh, of the hostilities, uh, the city suffered a huge uh, physical. Uh, physical uh, damages. It became almost uh, empty from its uh, from its population, and uh, soon later, um, uh, as it happened with all the uh, Palestinian properties uh, in Israel uh, Palestine, uh, it was in fact annexed to to Tel Aviv. Uh, but also, what is more important, the lands and uh, 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 real estate. Uh, was confiscated by the state uh, of Israel um, um, by the law of the properties of uh, absentees, which in fact um, um, made us, uh, in fact, until this very day, um, uh, it is about 90% of the older real estate properties uh, in Israel. In fact, they they, they uh, got to uh, the state's hand uh, following this law and the war of uh, 48. Uh, but if we uh, speak of uh, the history of the city as uh, something which might uh, generate a certain uh, process of uh, renewal, 
of course, Jaffa is a very, very ancient uh, city. Uh, you can find records of it in the Greek mythologies, uh, in the Greek mythology or the, in the Jewish uh, uh, scriptures. Uh, so it is a city old of a uh, few uh, thousands uh, uh, of years, uh, three or or even four thousand uh, years of uh, uh, of history uh, and record. Uh, nevertheless, when um, uh, when the narrative of uh, Jaffa is told uh, by the official um, uh, arms of uh, uh, of the city or of uh, of the state, um, normally uh, there are all kinds of highlights which are kind of more um, uh, celebrated or um, emphasized. Uh, in this narrative, uh, first, uh, the passage of uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, in Jaffa, uh, in 1799, um, uh, during the, uh, Egyptian campaign, uh, and also, uh, all the uh, beginnings of the, um, uh, Jewish, uh, modern, uh, presence and later on, the uh, Zionist uh, uh, influence uh, um, on Jaffa, because Jaffa, for at least uh, during the 19th uh, century, uh, was uh, considered by the Jews as the gate of Zion. This was the place where Jews would uh, come, um, uh, first uh, arrive to uh, uh, to Palestine. Uh, so, in a sense, uh, at least for a certain time, it was a, a um, uh, an important uh, point um, uh, in which uh, um, people would come, they would be um, uh, treated or welcomed uh, by the Jew, by the Jewish or Zionist uh, institutions. Uh, so, of course, uh, the, in most of the uh, Israeli narratives of uh, Jaffa, uh, there is no much information about how Jaffa. Um, actually uh, was. Um, it is important to know that Jaffa until 48 was the most important uh, center, uh, cultural and economical center uh, of uh, Palestinian uh, presence in, um, uh, in Palestine. Uh, it was a very important um, uh, place uh, also due to uh, the reputation of the uh, citrus um, culture uh, in the region. Uh, the Jaffa uh, Jaffa oranges, of course, is a very uh, well-known um, uh, brand name and has been so for, for all over the 20th uh, century. And what is also uh, quite interesting to know is that uh, at least uh, from all over the 19th century, uh, until, let's say, uh, the, the uh, beginning of the 20s, in the 20th century, uh, Jaffa was also a place where um, a very different community uh, coexisted uh, in a relatively peaceful way. Uh, you had uh, a very important, uh, uh, of course, uh, Muslim uh, community, but also Christians, and to also some extent uh, Jews that... Uh, uh, until the very end of the 19th century, century um, uh, did not consider themselves as a as Zionist or had any pretension to um, 
um, to go further further with a certain uh, nationalistic uh, project. So, so there was a certain time when Jaffa was a kind of a multi uh, multicultural city. Um, in fact, until until uh, uh, um, the Zionist um, uh, movement started to um, exert a more important influence on the shaping. Uh, of uh, of Israel. Okay, so in in the last part of your book, um, you suggest that the Tel Aviv Jaffa problem lies at the heart of the Middle East conflict. Can you can you tell us what you mean by this, and what would need to happen to redress this problem? First, I would say that uh, I mean this, uh, we are speaking at a moment where uh, Aleppo is uh, uh, is taken by Syria. So, <laughs> in fact, nowadays I don't know if nowadays I would uh, it would be it would be proper to say that this is the only uh, problem uh, in the Middle East. But at least as as far as it, as it concerns uh, the Israeli-Palestinian situation, uh, my claim is that. Uh, uh, as um, um, in fact the whole uh, Jewish settlement in uh, Palestine started in Tel Aviv and in Jaffa, uh, in a sense uh, you might uh, see how uh, in fact the whole um, uh, Israeli-Palestinian or Israeli-Arab uh, conflict starts in, in a very small scale uh, in the street fight in, uh, uh, in Jaffa. Uh, in that sense, you you might see in a nutshell uh, a much bigger conflict. But as it is um, as it is exerted uh, in, in 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 quite a very small place, because uh, Tel Aviv and Jaffa are quite small cities uh, relatively to uh, other uh, important uh, metropolitan concentration uh, concentrations uh, in the world. Um, I, I would say that uh, if, as far as I am concerned, I would uh, certainly would like to see a kind of a reparation, which uh, uh, it, its first steps should be um, should be symbolical and and historical. So it means paying much more respect uh, to Jaffa's uh, Arabic uh, past. Um, for example, in the cover of the Hebrew edition, but I think it is also in the inner cover of the uh, English one, uh, there is this photo of the Gidi House, uh, which is, in fact, the last remaining Palestinian um, structure uh, of the neighborhood of uh, Manshia. Um, uh, since the late uh, 70s, when it was uh, reconstructed as some kind of a museum, uh, it celebrates uh, the conquest of uh, of Jaffa, and uh, uh, without any without any mention of Jaffa's uh, really uh, really past. Uh, so I think that first uh, it will be important to uh, to acknowledge uh, Jaffa's history uh, and also uh, Jaffa's uh, tragedy. I was thinking at the time. I still I still wish. Uh, that if there would be some kind of uh, reparation, uh, it should start in 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 the most important city uh, in the state of Israel, which is Tel Aviv, um, 
uh, hyphen uh, Jaffa. Uh, so this is a, um, I think, an important opportunity to uh, um, to acknowledge uh, first this idea of uh, of occupation because we are still occupying uh, Jaffa. Uh, in, in, and it has been made in, in, in different, uh, in very different, uh, uh means, such as, uh, uh, the, uh, location of many, uh, army, um, headquarters, uh, in Arabic, um, buildings in, uh, uh, in Jaffa. Um, there, uh, there's nowadays, there's a huge effort of uh, gentrifying Jaffa, so there's a certain movement of uh, of um, uh, new um, new Israeli very wealthy uh, families who uh, move in and uh, less wealthy uh, Arabic families who move out uh, to other cities uh, in uh, uh, in Israel and of course there is this this whole symbolical uh, dimension of the city which. Uh, um, which is uh, completely biased because uh, one of the uh, one of the first steps uh, done uh, after the conquest of uh, Jaffa in '48 was the um, uh, annihilation of all the uh, street names, the Arabic street names of the city. So even even if you would be, uh, let's say, a Palestinian refugee. Uh, um, moving out from Jaffa in 48, if you look nowadays uh, on a map of Jaffa, you could not really recognize your city because all the uh, street names uh, have changed. Uh, in the first, uh, at a, in the first uh, uh, st- uh, stage, they uh, just numbered the, the streets. Uh, later on, uh, they started to um, name the streets after uh, European composers and, uh, and philosophers or, uh, all kinds of East European, uh, rabbis. Uh, so in fact, the, 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 this idea of conquest is not only uh, applied on the mere physical, um, body, uh, of the city, but it, 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 it uh, includes also, uh, all the cultural, historical and symbolical um, uh, facets of uh, of the city. So I think that this is a huge project. Um, how to how to relate to this city? How to relate to this uh, past, which uh, we might uh, consider it as some kind of, uh, I would say, a prototype uh, for solving problems in other regions of the uh, uh, in other places in other uh, areas of the uh, states and maybe in more uh, region. So, um, in this sense, I, I consider I, I, I cannot really uh, accept uh, that the history of a city or, or history of architecture could be uh, completely dissociated uh, from the general uh, history. Um, and in, in, in that sense, um, uh, the city, or I might even argue any city, is a very political, uh, politically charged space, and this is something that we should um, really understand it in, in, in a much more profound way. That's great. Thanks very much for that. Um, so thanks very much for um, talking to us about uh, your new book. 
Um, it's really um, very interesting and uh, I think very, a very important book. Um, before we let you go, would you be able to um, tell us very briefly about uh, what, what you're working on next? Um, first, I would say that uh, it is maybe important to say that this book uh, on television Jaffa is not so new for me. Uh, originally, it was published in 2005 in Hebrew, and it, it is only now that it is uh, published in uh, uh, English. Um, during this period, I, I was um, uh, involved in a few other uh, projects, and I published uh, uh, two books, uh, about, two other books about uh, one about uh, Israeli architecture, and another one uh, about uh, my own uh, neighborhood. Um, now I'm planning. I'm kind of working. I'm trying to complete three other books, uh, more or less, of this, at the same time. Uh, one about, uh, uh, still about uh, my neighborhood, but in a more, um, um, I would say, um, actual um, um, questions dealing with uh, um, dealing with uh, the question of immigrants, of refugees, which uh, now populate uh, my neighborhood. Uh, I am working also on a uh, Kind of a general uh, critique of uh, of the Israeli um, uh, architecture, and I'm also working on a um, uh, collection of uh, essays um, um, which treat uh, general questions of space and uh, architecture too. So this is more or less what I'm doing, and uh, about this, as you said, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm working, I'm teaching at the Bethel Academy, so I'm very um, concerned and uh, occupied with uh, uh, various questions of uh, education. Well, all those uh, book projects sound um, really very interesting, so we hope to have you um, on the program again. Um, that's all we have time for, so thank you very much for um, joining us. Thank you um, so much, Thank you. So you've been listening to New Books in Jewish Studies with your host, Max Kaiser. Um, with us today, we had uh, Sharon Rothbard, Senior Lecturer at Bezalel Academy in Jerusalem. He talked to us about his new book, White City, Black City, Architecture and War in Tel Aviv and Jaffa. It was published in English in 2015 uh, by Pluto Press and MIT.